www.entertainment.ie I love the way you say film. Hello, you're very welcome to the film show. It's a relatively lean week this week, uh, but we do have a lot of other stuff uh, to get into. I'm Mike Sheridan, and I'm joined, as always, by Dean Malumbi uh, and Brian Lloyd. Hello. Uh, okay, Dee, I want to get straight to the reviews this week because mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's an Irish one, there's an interesting Irish one we can talk about after. Yeah. But first of all, oh, I gotta try, go. try saying this. Try, go, s- go for it. Try, try saying I'm this. actually going to say it without looking at it. So, And I've been practicing this. The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Did I get it right? That is yeah. the worst name for a Yeah, movie like that, that makes me kind of want to run full sprint into a wall rather than sit through an hour and a half of it. Okay, uh, tell, tell us a bit about the plot, Dean, what it's about. So it, it's based on a book, which is why it has such a like kind of rigmarole of, um, of a title. Oh, hang on a second. I'm going to pause you right there, okay? That's bullshit, okay? There are plenty of books that can have concise titles. That's yeah. just a bad title no matter what. Yeah, but if you see that on a book, it kind of looks quirky. Where if, whereas if you see that on a movie, you're like, ah, oh, fuck that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's kind of like. I think, by the way, this is the first jar. week that I've actually. I can't believe you. it. You have broke to, it. I have to say, yeah, minute in, minute in. Oh, yeah, yeah. bullshit. The fuck. Thanks, yeah. lads. Anyway, um, so the movie is set in post-World War Two Britain, where the occupants of Guernsey, which is like this quirky little island off the English Channel, are um, recovering after being under German occupation, and then this author, who is played by Lily James, not Gemma Arterton. Looks like you're in the poster. She actually does yeah. look really like. Gemma but um she's kind of this socialite very like wealthy author but she always feels like something's been missing and she's kind of carrying her own sh- shell shock so she goes over to guernsey to visit them because um through their literary society um they've been uh, reading her books and everything and she gets to know the people there and she discovers a mystery a mystery where one of the members of their society has gone uh, missing during the war so you ba- so basically then just watch an episode of The Last of the Summer Wine get a, have a few laughs as well it's very kind of it, it's kind of very quaint and uh, very oh, BBC drama so, very yeah, much yeah, very much so sounds to me like the type of BBC drama that you'd watch on a Sunday with your granny when she's forcing those what do you call those um, Garibaldi's I think they're called the oh. type of biscuits or like the, y- your granny only we, ever we had ju- we just had Jake we just had custard Dublin. creams yeah. <laughs> yeah but like okay there was these <laughs> Brian's, Brian's notions upbringing. no yeah. it's not notions it's the, the, these type of biscuits that have like raisins in them and like yeah, like, yeah they were horrible they were horrible, yeah. they were horrible. Garibaldi's they were called yeah. yeah but like your granny only ever had them or in this case it was my granddad but yeah it just strikes me as the kind no it strikes me as the kind of movie that like you would see it on a Sunday afternoon at about 3 o'clock and you probably mm. like watch about 20 minutes and be like ah, f- f- goodbye yeah the, it just I mean I haven't seen the trailer or anything for mm-hmm. this but the poster just the screen it's so nah. mad uh, okay do you what's it like tell us about it look it's it's, it's, it's very nice and it's very quaint <laughs> and it's it looks quaint. lovely quaint. and quaint it has all there. these lovely little characters and I will emphasize um, directed by Mike Newell who'd be best known for director. Yeah, yeah and he'd be best known for Four Weddings and a Funeral and it does have a bit of a Four Weddings and a Funeral vibe Anthony in that Brasco. it's very yeah it's very um, ensemble um, oriented yeah. if you know what I mean so it's about all these like little characters and how they're all like making friends and it's all very nicey nicey um, for me where the film kind of fell down was like the start of the movie was quite interesting and in when she kind of meets the literary society and everything and they're talking about the likes of like Jane Austen and Oscar Wilde and I was like oh this is kind of nice like it's kind of a nice ode to literature you know but then the second half basically there's a member of the society that she's kind of writing to who's like this handsome man and she has like a fiance. Who is this handsome man? Um, I forget 
who he is now. But he was, was, was he handsome? Um, you know the guy who she's engaged to actually is your man who we were talking about from Everybody Wants Some, American. Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell. Yeah, he Glenn plays Powell's the fiancé. Awesome. Yeah. But not the kind of new romantic interest. But, Glenn Powell's um, all good in America. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's great. Um, and he's very good in this as well. But is essentially, he American in this? Sorry. He's American in this. Okay, yeah. right. He's like Yank her. From um, across the water. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what he is. But yeah, she goes over to Guernsey and kind of, you know, starts falling for this man. And basically the ending is just very kind of conven- conventional romance drama. And like, you know exactly where it's kind of heading. And you kind of even know what the story is with like, the missing person and everything, you know where it's kind of going to so end up. So, so it's just kind of... Very ha- predictable, you know? So it just kind of happens. And yeah. like, like Brian said, it was the old school version of of, of well, what you were saying is it's be something you watch your granny or your parents yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think for that generation, like, it'll be nice. There's nothing kind of, you yeah. know, going to be timeless about yeah, it. Yeah, my, my point like being, that, you, know? You, you know, you don't need to see this on a big screen. You don't need to, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. maybe something like the Stella would be great for the Stella and Rat Minds, but yeah, that's true, yeah. you don't necessarily need to pay through the nose to see this theatrically not necessarily no um and the other thing that i found a bit kind of annoying about it is it is over two hours long which i think was unnecessary running lengthwise (laughs) like maybe a hundred minutes but the critics nightmare huh the critics keep it to 90 minutes lads keep it to 90 minutes i tell you when you were describing this movie first i thought you were talking about curtains i thought you were talking about it's like it's nice and it's pretty and it's there and i'm just saying yeah that's my impression yeah yeah pretty good isn't it it wasn't bad to be fair yeah i think it's very nice and i think this movie is lovely but I also you are giving me daggers holy <laughs> shit <laughs> holy shit fuck gonna get this fuck that <laughs> she's gonna get her joint boyfriend to beat the crap out yeah of in fairness yeah the Russian nightmare yeah mm-hmm. that's her yeah, the Russian peril that's I, that's literally the first time I've ever heard him described as that but I kind of love it yeah the Russian he sounds like that sounds like a wrestler it was a wrestler it was it was a wrestler the Russian nightmare the Russian nightmare Nikita Karlov that was yeah he was like the guy who used to fight um Rick Flair all the time, yeah. Nikita Ko- Nikita Kolov was his name. The Russian Nightmare, yeah. There you go. Always stay on point. I'll give Always stay on point. All right, Brian. The Cured. Uh, both of you guys have seen this one. You've got uh, if you Sam Keely and the director, yeah, uh, coming in later this week. Uh-huh. Uh I believe uh, to shoot in studio to do an interview with the guys. Uh-huh. Sam Keely's uh, kind of slowly taken off. He was in yeah. what Richard did. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. with Jack Rayner. Guys, you're so mean. Um, I like Jack Rayner. Yeah, I've met no, a few he's, times. A nice guy. Yeah, he's good. He's he's he's, he's, good just, he's a very amusing voice. This is this has been noted many times in this podcast that he I'm does. Han Solo. It's a good thing that didn't happen, isn't it? Oh my god! Like, I mean, I I I, I can't I can't see him at all playing Han. I just couldn't see it at all. Though. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. So this is uh, directed by David Frayne. It is about a zombie apocalypse. That happens across all of Europe, and Ireland, most of all, gets affected by it. And you have now that the virus has sort of uh, run its course, you still have some zombies left over. But what's also stragglers, ha- stragglers, yeah. But mm-hmm. what's also happened is, is that people who had the virus have now been cured, and now they're being kind of uh, reintroduced into society. That's a great concept. Yeah, it's a really mm-hmm. it's, that's it. It's an excellent concept. It's really cool. The idea of like you know what would happen if. There was like a sort of, I don't know, Truth and Reconciliation Commission, but with, with zombies involved. And like, how do people reintroduce themselves into society after they themselves have lost control? And it's a really, really great idea. The problem is, is that it is all concept and no execution, I think. I think that... No execution? What do you mean by no execution? As in, it was sort of like, we've got this brilliant idea, and then they kind of did it in a bit of a kind of... I don't want to say hacky kind of way, but they didn't do anything particularly smart with it. 
Um, it also was very much kind of, uh, I think, hampered by the fact that it didn't have a big budget. Yeah, I was just going to mm. say that. Like, I mean, I can imagine something like this would, you know, not necessarily need quite a hefty budget, but you either go in one direction or the yeah. other. You go super mm-hmm. intimate, like a quiet place. Or, yeah. Or like signs, obviously, two films which had semi-decent budgets. But you know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's the one kind of... One setting or it's two setting. Exactly, yeah. It's the kind of thing that, like, you can either do it with I should say, like, lock it into one house and it's just... Or go all World War Z and that shit. Exactly. And what they did here was, was they went the World War Z route, but every time you're watching it, it's like, yeah, I know that there's only, like, five people and they're just running back and forward on the screen, but it's meant to make it look like there was hundreds (laughs) of people running. It's like when they they do the the changeovers on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. (laughs) You can just see them ripping stuff off, yeah. Um, Like, the performances right around the table were pretty good. Like, Tom Von Lawler... I know, like, people know him as Nidge and whatever, but he is a really, really good actor. Like, yeah, he yeah. is a really good actor. You had a great old conversation with Benedict Cumberbatch about him, didn't you? I did, yeah. That is also up on site, and it's up on YouTube as well. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch. He was, he was, was like, like, singing his praises. Yeah, yeah. Brian, Brian, yeah. Brian was, like, asking questions, and Benedict Cumberbatch is like, if I told you that, I'd have to kill you. Uh, <laughs> he'd make a great Bond. <laughs> Wasn't he? He'd, he'd like, make a great Bond villain, by the way, Benedict I was gonna Cumberbatch. Say, I thought you were going to say he'd make a great Bond. I was going to smack you over the head with the no, microphone. No, no, no. Great Bond villain, though. Try to sort your life out. Get on with it. Um, Sam Keeley is good in it as well. Yeah. Um, uh, what do you call it? He's the lead. He's yeah. It's, it's Ellen Page as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's Ellen Page, Sam Keeley, and Tom Von Lawler. Tom Von Lawler plays a former zombie who goes back to who tries to re-enter society. Um, he was a solicitor before, or barrister rather, before he was infected, and now he can't get a job. He can't do anything. He kind of becomes this sort of. I guess you would say political leader yeah. of the zombie of the cured people, the people who have been cured. Um, it sounds uh, like it's got themes. It has a lot of layers. Has a social conscience. Yeah. It does, but I think the problem, as I said, it's got all these great ideas going on. It's just a shame that it wasn't executed as well as it could have been. I don't know. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Do you? I probably agree with you. I thought that there were so many really, really interesting ideas, and as well from like an Irish movie, like that's able to take a perspective on the zombie genre that we yeah. just have never seen never before. Never seen, yeah. You know? I'll give like him credit it, for that, yeah. It does deserve credit for that and I agree with you about the performances. Yeah, and I agree with you in that I feel like there was a better movie there. I really did as well feel the budgetary constraints when I was watching it. The fact that there is like maybe a handful of locations in it and everything, you yeah. know. Like stylistically, there are nice moments like when you see them in kind of the zombie makeup because you see um, the uh, flashbacks as well yeah. of like, because the idea of the cured is that they still have their memories of when they were zombies so they're oh, kind of yeah, yeah exactly Oof. so they're kind of they're having to they live with all this stuff, trauma yeah. exactly they're having to live with like all these awful things that, that they've done this sounds really interesting that's it what I'm saying really it is yeah. like, I think that, and I think that's another thing with it as well I think the fact that like the inter- how interesting the concept is is enough to kind of sustain it not being the best movie yeah. ever made. See, I feel like a lot of people though have enjoyed this because I watched this um, with Van last night and he really, really liked it. Like he liked it even more than me whereas I couldn't help but watching it thinking like, oh, it would have been interesting if they'd taken it in this direction yeah. but obviously you need money for that or I would have loved to see maybe a few more action sequences but again, there are kind of limits there. So yeah, yeah. I think that I think that there will be an audience out there that'll watch this and really like Do it. Do you know what? Really so I remember years and years ago um, and before Peter Jackson, I think he'd maybe made the Frighteners at this at this stage yeah um, and that would be the one with Kate Winslet and after Heavenly Bodies Heavenly Bodies Heavenly 
Anyway, I'll come. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. I'll check smoke. It. Yeah, no, 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 Holly smoke. Anyway, my point being, Brain Dead. Has anybody ever seen Brain Dead? I've heard of it. I haven't seen. You it. haven't seen Brain Dead. Dave, Dave Regan there, who's producing this week, has seen. He's given us a nod. Yeah, he's seen it. Yeah, it's uh, it's this an interesting like a way. Kind of cult status or something. Yeah, I've heard of it for sure. Yeah, is yeah. that the one that was banned or something? Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was banned. banned. Yeah. But my point being. It was made on a very low budget. This yeah. was Peter Jackson and his mates, like in New Zealand, I think way back when. And uh, it does a lot of, like, he made Bad Taste before that. Oh, Bad Taste, uh, Jesus, I saw that. Um, that film is crazy. Um, and it is absolutely, like, it's, it's, it's batshit. It's yeah. similar to Bad Taste, but, you know, there's like, there's like a, I'm Derek, and Derek's don't run and basically blown zombies' heads off and just been really innovative with, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, with yeah. the special effects. But it embraces the fact, Heavenly Creatures was the, uh, the name of that oh, film, okay. by the way, but it embraces the fact that it's cheap yeah. and kind of uses it to kind of kind of use kind the of humor. But if, yeah. if you're going for that more serious zombie tone with social <laughs> undertones, yeah. that's obviously going to be difficult to pull off. Yeah, and also as well as the fact that, I don't know about you, Dee, but mm. I thought Ellen Page was really badly cast. No, I thought she worked in it. Do you think? Yeah. I just, I was kind of like, why is there an American dropped into the middle of this? Like, it's like literally like zombies running amok in, in Stony yeah, Batter. That's one extra sketch that can't be undone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I kind of found. Oh, God. I just thought of Juno there. Yeah, we oh, Wilson's line of Juno. Yeah, no, it is. Oh. I, I remember that actually. Oh. Well, yeah, as I was watching, I couldn't stop thinking of Juno. I mean, the only thing I was kind of mildly peeved at about to be honest with the whole Ellen Page casting thing and like I mean this is a whole we could base a whole podcast around this but I do think that there seems to be this thing where they cast international as opposed to like Irish actresses in Irish movies because I've noticed it in the likes of Sing Street, Glassland um, this one there have been other kind of examples over the years, yeah. Mammal, stuff like that and then you know you wonder why at like the IFTAs you only have three <laughs> Irish leading actresses in that category. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's is, that a, is that exclusive I have to noticed act, that. Is that exclusive to uh, Actresses. actresses. From yeah. what I've noticed over the last few years, it does seem to be an Irish actress thing. But like I said, this is a total generalization, and I'm, you know, willing You're hot to debate it. You're that. Hot that's just it. that's hot just something okay, I've noticed. Okay, who who's not a who was Irish in Sing Street? Um, the, the lady, the, 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 the main girl, the main Kelly girl. Thornton. Yeah, Kelly Thornton on our IMDb now. So no, not no. She's not the main one. It's the one who's the girlfriend. Her name is um, oh I forget now. She's a British actress. She has blonde hair actually, um, but she's. She's British. She, yeah, the, the girl that the guy falls in love with in Sing Street. But I had, that, ha- that happened as well with uh, um, the, what's the the, jo- the John Butler movie, Handsome Handsome, Handsome Devil. Devil. Yeah, yeah, the one of the lead guys, and that was English as well. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's exclusive to. Apple, come on! Like last year at the IFTAs, remember there was only like three women up mm-hmm. for best actors, well, yeah, and one I mean, of them was Saoirse Ronan. I mean, it was like, like, oh no! Yeah, but I mean, like Colin Farrell's been nominated for fucking SWAT or something before back in the day. It's who's made a thing. <laughs> for who has made a thing? Do you know what I mean? It's like, mm. oh, they've made a thing. You're nominated. Yeah. So although, and in fairness, this year you had Michael inside, which, yeah. which yeah. Beat the boards, which is actually an incredible film that's yeah. gonna that's gonna uh, translate and that was nominated travel. and hadn't even been released yet. Yeah, that's yeah, but it was obviously screened for. Uh, I know, yeah, for members. Ifta members. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I mean, come on, the Iftis. I mean, come on. Yeah, fairness. Like, come on, come on, come on. We're expecting a lot here. Like, just anyway, saying. like I said, it was just a general observation. I mean, you do have to remember that I oh, came away point. from yeah. like a masters on mask. Like, I did a masters on masculinity oh, in Irish film, but it was because again. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. It's because there's not enough to write about femininity. Oh, I know. So, yeah, you're right. For some you you've know? actually gone and done a masters in this. That's like you have a unique perspective in it. I do. I've seen. I've deeply. seen a lot of Irish movies that were released in the last twenty years. Ones you guys have probably never even heard. Come on. <laughs> Can you, can you give us like a, yeah, a truncated 
footnote, uh, maybe paragraph long version of your masters that obviously took you a long oh, time to no, study. Oh no, 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 don't make me do that. Don't make me do that. Please God, don't make me summarize it in a paragraph. Please don't. No. Like it's like putting a gun to my head. Yeah. Please don't. What was your overall finding though? Um, that there's not enough women, there's not enough femininity in Irish cinema. The title of my... The title of my dissertation was The Spaces and Places of Masculinity in Dublin Set Films. And what I basically said was, there are both spaces and places. Oh. In conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Spaces where's your masters in film, Brian? Where's your fucking masters? What? What do you mean? You're saying you're giving me shit yeah, like, oh, where's your masters? Where's your fucking masters? Well, you're the film editor. Yeah, so what? Do you, do you Very know defensive. What, do you, do you have to say, he does sound fierce defensive, doesn't he? <laughs> Somebody's better qualified for your job here, Brian. You know what? <laughs> Deirdre, you're welcome to it. You can have it. You know what? You it can have it all. It seems to cause you a lot of stress, Brian. So you're brand like. Sitting on your hole for a living and watching films seems to stress you out a fierce amount, Brian. It doesn't. It's, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. See, that's, just, see, that's actually just it. That's actually just it. If that was only my job, if only my job was watching movies and writing about it, that'd be fantastic. Do you know what I think your problem is? You care, what? you care too much. Yeah, it's so sweet. You care too you much. You pretend you it's don't, so, but you, you actually do. You actually care so much. Piss off the lot of you. So much passion. So much passion. Can somebody send Brian some virtual hugs uh, next week, please? Kick on there, will you? Kick, kick on there. Kick on there. All right, uh, we'll hit the mail back before we go into movie news. So uh, you've gotten, you've actually gotten another email this week, Brian. Letters, we get letters. Letters, we get letters. We get stacks and stacks of letters. Um, so yeah, yes. we, you, I mean to be fair, we are getting. I say you got another email this week. We are you are getting consistently getting. Yeah, we get, yeah, we get a we get a, we get at least one letter every week, which yeah. I'm always happy about. Um, so this one comes in from Addy McCarroll, and he says, "Hi, I hope you're well. Love the show and especially the retro review section. I was hoping you could do LA Confidential one week for it. Good show. Yeah, we'll do mm-hmm. that next week. Actually, that's a good show. Uh, recently we rewatched it, and although Spacey's presence is jarring, it still is a cracking feeling." Uh, failing that Masters of the Universe is my second choice have you ever Masters seen Masters of the Universe yeah a long time oh ago now oh my god I, I remember I've never seen it it's up on Netflix it's, I mean okay. it's super awful. camp and not good it's so bad <laughs> Dolph Lundgren yeah. like Frank Langella was yeah. Skeletor in yeah. that. that's crazy Frank Langella one of the most like versatile character actors out there today and he was fucking Skeletor in yeah. Masters of the Universe I love that um, he says also what would your favourite film that was never made be and he gives a few examples he says like Justice League Mortal the Scorsese Rat Pack biopic thanks Andy thank you Andy Andy we're going to send you out a goodie bag uh, I will email you and get your uh, home address and then I will have that he will turn up, will turn up, turn up at it he will <laughs> okay he poses a question there what is your favourite movie that was never made that's a tough choice you know what I'm really nervous about not getting made is any more Mad Max movies because of this whole oh awesome god thing. yeah yeah and like Mad Max Fury Road was the best it didn't make any, movie it didn't make any it money it was though. so good it didn't make any so no, lo- no lost money in the end yeah like I've got no for all the Oscars awesome. and stuff but ah, shit this is, they're, they're tricky sales um, yeah. yeah I would say because you said this later on so obviously and he's going to talk about movies that were in development or maybe had started mm-hmm. shooting yeah. and stuff like, like the Justice League. Yeah. Um, I would say the James Bond movie directed by Tony Scott and written by Quentin Tarantino. I would have liked to see that a lot. So I just want to say, would love to see Tony Scott and that kind of uh, frantic masculinity and action just yeah. 
playing out in, a, in that James Bond universe with Tarantino's mental script and it's funny as well because like the fact that Tarantino is now finally getting to do a Star Trek movie I think yeah. is hilarious like, like that story had been going around for years that, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's like the Leonardo turn. DiCaprio uh, yeah. Scarface movie yeah, yeah like that was like doing rounds like oh yeah he's going to do it he's going to do it like, that's bullshit he's never going to do um, I the one I would throw in and it's probably an obvious one but I'll say it anyway was the Stanley Kubrick with Napoleon and Jack Nicholson as uh Napoleon. I thought that oh, I would be, love to see Jack Nicholson. That would have been. Yeah. I just like the idea of like Don't Jack Nicholson. Crazy. Yeah. Else. Just like with the hand in trying to do like I just for the sheer nuts factor of it. Like how do how do you make that happen? Like how do you make him into that? Like I mean I suppose it works because like I was watching um oh Christ what was I watching um Hunt for October and the fact that like you know <laughs> like Sean Connery doesn't even attempt to put on a Russian accent yeah. at all. He's just like. Sean, Sean Connery doesn't attempt any accent ever. Like, yeah, Highlander, he's French, and Christopher Lambert is Scottish. That's it. Like, that's it. Like, so tell me, what is Haggis? <laughs> well, uh, it is kind of a. <laughs> it is kind of a, you know. But yeah, no. Like, I, I always, I always like when actors are able to kind of do their own voice, and that it doesn't sort of become this thing of, um, you know, there, there's nothing worse. Concentrating than a, on the accent. Yeah, and yeah. there's nothing worse than a fake and than a terrible accent because it just completely pulls you out of a yeah. film. I think. So that's it then, yeah. Yeah, oh, so that's it. it yeah. That's what about you, Deirdre? Oh, I, well, I can't. Like I said, just the Mad Max one. I Mad just Max really one. want it to happen. Yeah. Well, you want another Mad please. Max film? You want another yeah. Mad Max film? Have you actually given us a film? This was your idea. What? You I did. I just said. I said my the idea, the film that I that was never made that I wanted to see was Sonny Kubrick's Napoleon. All oh, right. Yes, yeah, I need to start paying attention to you, Brian. Anyway, <sighs> D, watch out for us for movie news. <laughs> Okay, so three kind of bunch of items today. I'll start off with um, something that's just in this morning. Ooh, so fresh off news. the presses. Hot news, guys. So um, this is to do with Josh Berlin and the Deadpool sequels, because every time we do something about Deadpool on site, it just seems to... People love it. Everyone yeah. is really, really, really excited for more Deadpool. So... If you're excited about that, then you'll be happy to know that Josh Brolin is signed up for not one, not two, but three more Deadpool sequels. Although we're not 100% sure yet if there'll be actual Deadpool movies. The X-Force movie. Yeah, 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 exactly. So um, essentially Brolin was speaking to Empire and he said that he tried to think of Cable as a full arc, not just in this movie, but in the trajectory of four films. And that made it a lot more fun for him, which is weird because he was also saying that franchises aren't his thing. And yet he did, you know, Thanos. And yet he's doing essentially franchise <laughs> yeah. by being in more. He was in Men of Black Tree. Um, and Men of so, Black Tree. Yeah, so I don't know what Shut he was up, saying. But he was saying like with Thanos that it's a finite thing. And it's like, yeah, but now you're doing like Deadpool and more Deadpool movies. He so also tried to make, thing what's like, that movie what? he tried to make years ago where he was the lead in it, that comic book movie? Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex. Which yeah, so, Michael Fassbender was in. Stop talking pony, yeah. Josh Brolin. You're a good actor. Just be a goddamn good actor. So essentially with the three appearances, um, it'll probably be something like he'll be in, his character Cable will appear in an X-Force movie. Um, there'll probably be a standalone movie for him and then hopefully another Deadpool movie. Mm. So, yeah. I'm excited to see Deadpool yeah. too. Me too. Yeah, it's, Very month, it's a month out now at this point. Will we just say the word? Just will we just, you, will you we just say it? You can say it. You can say it. John Wick. It's a fucking pencil. How many John out five are we going to give that pill to? Do you think? Well, I, I mean, it's early days. It but yeah. like the fact that it's David Leach yeah. of John Wick fame, I mean, you know, that's automatically we're at a kind of like a four there already. When, when, Deirdre? 
When Dean Malumbi is, mm-hmm. is there going to be news about John McTree and your movie news? When? 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 Yeah, when? Don't, don't God, be blaming me. You've got to blame like Keanu Reeves for that. I can't blame Keanu Reeves for Well, anything. you can't blame really, him for yeah, anything. Yeah. How yeah. dare but, you blame um, him for anything? But no, I do remember like after seeing the first John Wick that there was stuff about John Wick 2 like so close afterwards. Yeah, like, remember fair, there was that yeah. very first teaser well, image of him and the new dog on the bridge. I remember so being money. like, oh my God. The, the, the second John Wick made so much more money yeah. than the first mm. John Wick. And it was yeah. similar when we were talking about the accountant a couple of weeks ago is that I found mm-hmm. his home kind of after its cinematic yeah, release. Exactly, and it was, yeah, exactly. It was a... Excuse me, it was a long time released after the US release mm-hmm. in the UK and Ireland. Yeah. Um, but there just was so much interest in it, they went yeah. and they went and did it. Yeah. Um, but then the second one made a fortune. It, yeah. it close to 100 million. I mean, I don't mind the fact that they're taking their time with it because it probably means they're going to do it right. You know, you don't want them to kind of be rushing it out. I think that when it came to like chapter two, they already had a pretty good idea of what they wanted to do. John Wick said he was going to kill them all, D. He said he was going to kill them all. He said, <laughs> I saw him do it. We saw him say it with his dog and he walked off and they were all chasing him and all this. What happened next? Do you know, I was only thinking about this the other day, actually. Did anyone notice the fact, right? And this is just, I'm just going to hijack this now and let's talk about John Wick again, okay? Did anyone notice the fact that everyone seemed to have a lot of flip phones in the John Wick universe? Flip phones are just more cinematic. They are, but like, they all just seem to have them. It's like, why, okay, like, why is that? Like, is it just because... It's it's another thing with with flip phones uh, or or kind of those older phones or when they're not smartphones that they kept, they're either not as easy to be traced. I never thought Ooh. that's what it is. Oh, I never thought of that. The Short Continental point. would go into those kind of details, would, wouldn't they? It? Yeah, yeah. That's and interesting. Looking forward to the TV series as well. Now, I yeah, have to say. that'll nice, be yeah. very cool. I want to see it? It's all going to come down, I think, to how they handle the action yeah. within that universe. Anyway, D, what else you have for us? Um, oh, and uh, sorry, last bit of John Wick-related news. Actually, there was a trailer, Hotel Artemis, yeah. which people are describing as like a futuristic John Wick, except it's not the Continental. It's basically like a hospital for criminals to yeah. go to. So that's yeah, kind of which could very too. easily be a subplot with Jodie Foster and Sterling K. Exactly, Brown yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff Goldblum Jeff yeah. Goldblum as a villain interesting she was a villain in Thor wasn't he kind of he was more kind of, of comical kind of yeah. thing yeah him yeah. playing a proper villain that's interesting I mean, yeah. he's, it's Jeff, he's going to Jeff Goldblum it up I know he's not, but go, he's not going to be like dastardly it's Jeff Goldblum I know grab. but like, j- j- like it's it's just that little turn to dastardly yeah. I think that's interesting you don't yeah. like Jeff Goldblum I, I don't know da- <laughs> <laughs> can I just say I love how you use the word dastardly instead of evil because he can't be totally evil no he's Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum. Yeah. he's Jeff Goldblum he dastardly. was in the lotto ad like he can't be bad he was in the lotto ad I do like Jeff Goldblum yeah, I, you I have. Be, I might be interviewing him in a few weeks. I really like Jeff Goldblum. Ooh, are you really? I don't know. Maybe. Like, what no, is for this? Name maybe. Dropping. Maybe for no, Artemis. No, not for this. No, no. What are you you're fucking a, holding out for? You're on a need-to-know basis, and you don't need to fucking know. What sure. are you holding out for? <laughs> what you do need to know is my next item on my news. <laughs> Um, so Chris Columbus I don't know if I can even use the word confirms but he's saying that a grand oh you were going to say something else there (laughs) no no don't use that language just like fucking shit oh Anyway, um, apparently a Gremlins reboot is happening. What's interesting about this is that he was asked this off the back of the whole idea of the Goonies um, sequel. So he was being asked, okay, is this actually happening? And he's basically he was basically saying it's difficult. The actors have gotten older. So it looks like that's not <laughs> going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Although we did dress up as his character, remember, yeah, last year. And he looked, he looked pretty fantastic, has to be said. He's in great All right, D. What a trick of water, dude. <laughs> Not on this occasion, I'm grand. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not quite full Michael B. Jordan. It's not, it's not, no, it's, it's not shirtless Michael B. Jordan. You're, yeah. not, you're not having to do this yeah. again. Exactly. Shirtless exactly. social warrior Michael B. Jordan. Dude, that's just ticking off I've the boxes for you, dear. I've never seen so much in my life. It's, it's, yeah. I saw it, she was like, Which I mean, to be fair, 
Fair enough. Oh, yeah, no, I I get it. Like, shit, like, makes sense. Moving swiftly onwards, so... (laughs) He did say, Gremlins, we are actively talking about. So that's what I'm working on with my production company, 1492 Pictures. And he was asked, "Okay, is it going to be more of a sequel or reboot? And he said it will almost definitely be a reboot. So we were talking about this just before we started with, is Chris Columbus actually a good director? No. I think he is. He directed some like childhood classics for me, like Home Alone, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. And then he wrote the screenplays for Gremlins, The Goonies. Harry Potter classics. classics. It, you're not. You're saying Harry Potter. I'm saying Harry classic. Potter is definitely not a classic. Oh the first God. two films are shit. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone for a lot of people is like a core. No, it's not for me. But for a lot of people, it's a core Christmas movie up there. Well, maybe not up there with Home Alone, but it's a Christmas classic that people okay. go watch okay. every let's, year. Let's talk about Harry Potter first. That was that was obviously J, J.K. Rowling's universe, right? So Chris Columbus is you know predominantly responsible for putting together that cast. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you know whoever's kind of yeah. out there now, which I mean essentially. Is, is Emma Watson she's the one that's kind of done well off the back of Harry Potter for you know which is Beauty and the Beast last year one of the biggest films last year for the most part those early films are just those kids looking fierce confused walking around like like pretending they're seeing dragons or whatever else you see in the Harry Potter universe yeah that's true to an extent but there's also kind of something charming and sweet about that because you know? they're crap though no like, that's they're not crap crap and, and Home Alone I will say uh, he shot a John Hughes script that's yeah. what he did he shot a John Hughes script, and I mean that's hard. That's hard to that's yeah, hard to mess it up. Was lightning, it was lightning in a bottle, right? Like I, I like I totally am. Um, I totally like I'll give you Home Alone because it's innovative and it's you know and it's, it has stood the test of time mm. for more ways than one. Gremlins was, was Joe Dante. Yeah. Joe Dante did a, like such a good job with the first Gremlins movie yeah. mm-hmm. and finding that tone. But I, I I don't think Chris Columbus is a, is a bad director. I just think he's fine. I would never call him a good director. I yeah, I'm kind of I'm a bit meh about the fact that he's doing the 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 Gremlins. Oh, he wouldn't be directing it now. Oh, would he not? Oh, no, thank God. Oh, no. good. Okay, it right. sounds like he'd be, but it sounds like he'd be kind of involved in the script writing of it. Oh, well, or maybe would, the story who writing. Who would like you to know? see him direct the Gremlins movie? Actually, because yeah. that's a James you know Gunn. James Gunn. James Gunn would be awesome. I tell you who I'd love to see do it, and I, this isn't just because of the sketch. Jordan Peele. Oh yeah, he'd yeah. Be a good show too. Yeah, he'd be a great like show. Like no. I know there, there was like that famous sketch on uh, on Key and Peele where they were like the you know. Talking about Gremlins too, it's like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that thing. But no, I I think he'd be because I think he has that. I he has that really kind of finely tuned balance of comedy and horror. Yeah. Now James Gunn has it as well. Yeah, Slither is fantastic. Slither, yeah, yeah. Um, Super's really underrated as well. Speaking yeah, of Page. We're, we're in, yeah, we're in we're in Wilson. Yeah. Um, but I would love Jordan Peele to have a go at it, just because um, I want to see him do more stuff. I don't think he would do it, but. I would love to see him do it. I, God. Why don't you put an offer out to Jordan Peele's people? Just be like, yeah, Colin from 1492 Productions. Um, <laughs> we want to talk we, to you about Gremlins. Would you be interested? Then you could just go down and write the story. I My, fav- my favourite bit in Gremlins too, that was a bit when I cut to Hulk Hogan. We're talking about wrestling a lot this week. You were talking about wrestling a lot I this week. I am talking about wrestling a lot this week. Yeah, no, uh, the bit when uh, they cut, when the, 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 the what do you call it, the cinema reel burns and then like you see the gremlins pop up in the back of the cinema screen and then like it goes into a cinema and Hulk Hogan has to go up to the Hulk Hogan has this cameo for like five minutes (laughs) great I love it I love gremlins too I fucking love gremlins I don't give a shit they are great they are fun mogwise I had a dog uh, on our street that was called Gizmo. You had a dog on your street. There was, was a dog called. in the street, yeah. You know how it was when you were really young and like just dogs were in the estate and everyone had them kind of thing. And oh, there was like, horses as well, you know. 
Not I did. R- oh rich man, poor man. Rich yeah. man, poor man. Anyways, yeah. but yeah, there was like the dogs on the street, and there was like there was one dog called Gizmo because yeah. he looked like Gizmo. Brian was like going past on his horse. He's like, settle down there now, boy. And I didn't have. I want, to, I want to pet this dog, Gizmo. I didn't have. Oh my god! I ca- okay, Here's some gold coins, peasant. I didn't have a horse growing up. This is just it. I actually didn't have a horse. Like. Okay. It's called a pony. Hang if, anybody, a sec. if anybody needs a loan. All right, hang on a sec, right? Bruno, give you a fantastic rate. Hang on a sec, right? Break your legs in advance, though. Hang on a sec. I need to sort this out, okay? I, like, if you go to South Kildare, a lot of people just have horses, okay? It's not that, it's not, it's not unusual. If you go, I, my mom lives in Finglas. If you go to Finglas, a lot of people have horses as well. And yeah. there are dogs roaming the street, too. Right, but, like, in fairness, it's just, it's like, horses are very common. It's South Kildare. It's the Curra. It's the Curra Derby. They all yeah. just have horses there. It's not unusual, like. You're making it seem like I'm... Oh, whatever. To quote Tom Jones. Uh, uh, so elsewhere, <laughs> elsewhere this week, D, uh, we lost a couple of greats. We did. Yeah, we geez. did. So I really wanted to shout out to these. Everyone probably knows about this at this point, but um, sadly, full metal jacket actor Orly Ermi. Er- Ermi. Ermi, yep. yeah. Has died at the age of 74. And I think we're going to have to play a clip of that brilliant, brilliant rant at the start of that movie. I am Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, your senior drill instructor. From now on, you will speak only when spoken to. And the first and last words out of your filthy sewers will be, sir. Do you maggots understand that? Sir, yes, sir. Bullshit, I can't hear you. Sound off like you got a pair. Sir, yes, sir. If you ladies leave my island, if you survive recruit training, you will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death praying for war. But until that day, you are pukes. You are the lowest form of life on earth. You are not even human fucking beings. You are nothing but unorganized, grabastic pieces of amphibian shit. Is it weird? Yep. Is it weird that I can actually recite that entire thing? I'm not going to, but I can <laughs> Thank do it. God for that. I'm not going to, but I can recite that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, my favorite early Emery moment is, he's, and he's in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remix, which, actually, which is actually really good fun. But my favorite early Emery moment is in uh, Seven. When he's, at, when he's chatting to Brad Pitt and I think Morgan Freeman and the phone rings and he picks up and goes, this isn't even my desk. And he just hangs up. <laughs> it's really good acting. It's really good. And I mean, obviously he was a drill sergeant as well. Yeah. yeah. That's what he did. Uh, did, you, did you ever hear the anecdote about how he got cast? No. So the story was apparently that they had an actor who was going to be the drill sergeant and Orly Ermey was assigned to him to basically show him how to do it. And Orly Ermey was like, Listen, like, you know, learning how to, you know, roar at people, it's just a, it's just a talent you have to learn. Like, you could, I could roar at you for five minutes and you could throw stuff at me and I can still do it. And they were like, bullshit. And so then apparently the story was, was that they sat, he sat a, a guy down and started roaring and shouting in his face. And people were like throwing <laughs> stuff at him. And he was still focused on the guy, he was still roaring and shouting at him. And then apparently Stanley Kubrick walked in, was like, that's amazing. Mm. Fire the other guy. Yeah. We're getting him to do it. Nice. What would he like? Michael Douglas. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Call Michael Douglas. Yeah, no, we don't need you. Bye. Yeah. But um, I don't know who the actor was. I don't think he was anyone particularly well-known or whatever. But yeah, like he was... Um, but he like ad-libbed most of that. Yeah, thing, that was all just incredible. On, the, yeah. on the go. Like, well, the, imagine Stanley Kubrick been like, yeah, go go with your gut there. Say, yeah. you know, just run with what you want to run with there. Yeah. Amazing. And um, yeah. we lost a great director as well, D. Milas Foreman, yeah, who'd be best known for directing Amadeus and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which... I saw this um, tweet going around about movies that'll always make you cry. One flew over the cuckoo's nest for me. Oh my gosh, it's just such a devastating ending. It's yeah. so so heartbreaking. Um, but both both really great movies. Um, so Man that's on another. Man the Moon too. I watched one, Jim yeah. and Andy there. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think Jim Carrey is uh, he's an interesting character. Like, I mean, I think he's a genius. I genuinely think Jim Carrey is an all bullshit genius. And I think how Foreman handled him 
on on set was mm-hmm. incredible. He handled him so well. Yeah. I mean, like it's Miles Forman, and Kerry had to put himself on tape and stuff to play Andy Kaufman. But mm-hmm. just you get you get a bit of an insight in that documentary to what kind of man he was, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. And he seems like he seemed like a fundamentally decent man as well as been a great director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the stuff he did with um, uh, in Amadeus, like I, I love Amadeus. Like that's one of those movies that I, I, I like. Even though it's like nearly three hours long, I think when you watch it. I think it is a really good example of how you can take something like a period drama and actually infuse it with a real sense of like comedy and like make it like a thriller and make it like a psychological thing and it's just yeah it's just Amadeus is such a good movie yeah okay speaking of classic movies uh, Brian what do you have for us this week on the revisit you've been getting some suggestions I did let me get me yoke um, okay so the suggestion we got in this week was from Pla- uh, was from Paul Blanchfield and he suggested Misery hey Paul um, Misery, because we were talking about When Harry Met Sally last mm-hmm. week, directed by Rob Reiner. Misery, also directed also by Rob, Rob Reiner. Reiner. Yeah, so basically, right. our listeners have as much imagination as we do. <laughs> Pretty much. Picking these Pretty much. much. But in fairness, though, we did mention this last week. What a fucking run on Rob Reiner, going from This Is Final Tap mm-hmm. to... What, what did he say? Princess Bride. Man. Princess Bride yeah. to... Um, thing, to Christ, to When Harry Met Sally to Misery. And then from when misery to a few yeah, good men. That's right. Yeah. Like what a fucking run! That's incredible. Like and I like completely different genres where you couldn't even kind of draw a line between them. Like because mm-hmm. a few good men was obviously quorum drama. Um, I saw him actually. He was scripts. in um, New Girl the other week because he plays just. He plays dad, the father. Yeah. And he's so so funny in that role. Like he's just so he's mad. He's yeah. just being himself. He's yeah. just being Rob Reiner. He was always good. Yeah. Great. He was great in um, uh, Kirby Enthusiasm as well. He played he himself. Was in Kirby Enthusiasm. Yeah. He was in like I think it was like the first or second season. He played like Rob like himself like and uh, he was trying to get Larry to go to this. Um, uh, what was it like a disease gala benefit thing and it was just it was hilarious but uh, yeah no um, Misery so adapted by uh, William Goldman who wrote Marathon Man who wrote The Princess Bride good friend of yours William Goldman what a hero I would say good friend um, though your pals like didn't you, didn't you have a nice conversation there a few years ago William Goldman yeah do you know William Goldman I didn't no oh, William Freakin I'm thinking William Freakin yeah, yeah William Freakin William Goldman's a screenwriter Sorry. William Goldman yeah he's a hero he's anyways um, yeah no um, James Caan and uh, Kathy Bates mm-hmm. um I know, like, Kathy Bates gets a lot of praise for playing Annie Wilkes and how she did it so theatrically. And like, I know that, Mr. Man! And all that stuff. But I always think James Caan had the tougher yeah. role in this. Because, number one, we know James Caan from being, you know, obviously Sonny from The Godfather and being this kind of really masculine, really kind of, like, tough guy. And he is just completely, completely and utterly emasculated in this movie. Mm. And has to really, like, rein himself in. He has to really... He projects fear really well, I think. Yeah. You could, there are parts of this where you can see that he is genuinely terrified, I think. Yeah, like I think that their performances opposite one another is what makes this film yeah. so great. You know, the fact that they are coming from those two, like such different places, you know, that's what makes it so compelling. That's what makes for like the drama of this. I have to admit, I didn't watch this movie for years. It was sitting on DVD again <laughs> I had it on DVD sitting on my shelf and I couldn't watch it because I, I went through a phase of several years where like I couldn't watch 
horror movies. They, the idea of them just no, terrified me. Huh? It's, no, more it's not really I'm a horror movie, though, is it? No, well, that's what people well, those, kept that telling Alanco, me. Those Alanco breaks are rough. That's what people kept telling me. But oh, then when I was watching it, like, it is, it's so thrilling. I wouldn't so much call it a horror, but it is one. There are, like, a handful of horrors out there where I've literally, like, felt, like, kind of blood running through me. Like, it really, literally, like, I feel it getting under my skin. And one of those movies is The Shining, and one of those is Misery, where, like, you actually have a physical feeling. Like, you can feel it getting to you and you're just like cringing so much and you're just like ah it's so intense but um, Misery is brilliant for that I think I think William William Goldman think where he would have made a lot of his money in the 90s was Script Doctor yeah. like mm. when you look at some of the films that he Script Doctors uh, obviously like kind of heavy you know big hitters like, uh, like his twins A Few Good Men and Decent Proposal Last Action Hero yep. uh, oh, yeah and <laughs> like he's and he's been part, like Maverick and stuff so he's just at the chamber one of those guys that people would have just handed it to him and go, can you clean this up? And you yeah. probably got two or three million dollars for it or something yeah. insane like that. David Mamet does a lot of that as Mamet, well. David Mamet, you mean? Mamet. Mamet? Mamet, Mamet whatever. Did you what listen, are you, French? But did you listen to the, the what the WTF he did with um, Mark Maron? It was really good. He talked about a lot about like script doctor. Actually, I had a conversation just to, to, to sidetrack for a moment with somebody recently about Brian maybe talking to Mark Maron. We're still trying to sort it still out. Still trying to hopefully get it. Um, for a new pod. Um, and uh, we were kind of going, will they get on well? Because you're quite seem quite, we don't know Mark Maron, but we've listened to hours and hours and hours and hours of his podcast, uh, and you would seem quite similar. I would like he's you at 52, 53? fifty two, fifty three. He's fifty four. I don't know. Like somebody, you're not the first person to say yeah. that to me. And Squared like base. Welcome to Square Space. And I'm always like, is that a compliment or do I, like how do I? I don't know how to take it. Like I don't know how to take it. Like <laughs> how, how would you think you should take it? Though? I think we'd have to listen to them together, and then we'd know for sure. <laughs> but you like, I mean, as in. I never gonna, know how to take it. Like, are you two gonna like get on really well, or he's gonna rub each other up the wrong way? <laughs> well, we'll find out if we get the if we get the interview with him. We'll find out. I guess. Yeah. We'll I see. hope not. I don't know. Um, but I am going to see him. I think that either way, it's yeah. gonna cause drama and interesting listening. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, maybe you should listen to On the Line podcast, maybe. our new interview show that we are totally not plugging right now. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. No. I think. Yeah. What to get back to misery to get back on point. See how I'm doing that? See shit, Brian. See how, I'm, see how I'm guiding this fucking podcast? You're doing nothing. I've had enough of your crap. <laughs> no, um, Misery, yeah. I think <clears throat> Misery, you're deep touched on an interesting point there. I think it is the kind of movie that is not necessarily a horror. It's more of a psychological thriller. Yeah. Um, I think Rob Reiner... Stephen King's story. Yeah, sure, yes. we were talking about it as, remember, our wasn't it our top psychological yes. thriller when we were on Matt Cooper a few weeks That's ago? That's right. So, yeah. Ooh, like that one. People are last word to you. Uh-huh. These uh, lads, you give Matt Cooper the, uh, the, uh, the, same, the same crap you give me with the course <laughs> and, and the absolute pony talk. Or no, he's well behaved on her. Brian well-behaved. is actually very, especially well behaved. Have you seen, have say. you ever seen Brian Dave? Have you ever seen Brian on Ireland AM? Oh, don't, producer, don't, producer don't do Dave. this. Have you ever seen it? It's very funny because he's so composed. <sighs> you see there where Mark Hagney with his legs crossed. <laughs> You know, All right. he wore something nice for it and he's so composed. Then you get him here and it's like, I think maybe, am I his trigger? Am I Brian Lloyd's trigger? I, am I your trigger? You are my trigger. <laughs> in fairness to you, right? Because you do this, you fucking wind me up all the time. You're always doing really this. It's easy. But like, and it's the same with the clips as well, the social clips as well. We need to have a discussion, by the way, about the about the social clips. Because every time they go out, I look like an idiot, okay? And if this is being put, cut okay. for a clip now, I am not I am not having it anymore, okay? This is going to stop. Uh, well, the clip last week was you getting something completely wrong. I got I got a one year off. I got a one year off. I no, said, no, no. What was bullshit about last week was the fact that you were saying it was made in the nineties and You were saying it was very much a nineties film. Yeah, I think it is a nineties. Hang on movie. a second. 
this is what you said, Brian. You said it's very much a 90s film. And Mike said it was made in the 80s. And you said, yeah, it was made in 1989. <laughs> and the thing is, 1989 is not in the it's 90s. It's the end of the 80s, the start no, of the 90s. It's not in the 90s. You can hear it, 1989. Do you understand? I, yes, where the, I get where that. The Taylor Swift had a whole album about it. <laughs> Hang on a second. Hang on a second. We're going to stop this right now, okay? First of all, okay, 1989 into 1990, okay? That is early 90s. No. Yes, I've it is. I've never heard anybody refer to 1989 yes, as in the 90s. Okay. Ever. All right. You kids calm down. Anyway, you watch Brian on TV or on his many radio show appearances because he's a hooer. Listen, uh, okay, I'm going to pay the bills. And he's very well composed. And he's very well composed. Nothing like he is here. Nothing like he is here. Gives us nothing. Gives us nothing. They get the best of him. Mark Cooper and Mark Hagney get the best of you, Brian Lloyd. Yeah, you know why? Taking us for granted. You well, know he did why? tell John Krasinski to fuck off the other he week. Did, yeah, yeah. Gobshot. Okay, like, in fairness, in fairness, I am representing <laughs> our brand when I'm on Mark Cooper and when I'm on doing Mark You're representing our brand now. It's on the brand. <laughs> Just this saying. Is, this goes out on I'm the brand. I'm just saying. It's I'm representing entertainment.ie when I you knew you eat these. Okay. I'm, right. genu- I'm, ge- I'm genuinely getting worried. It's going to. <laughs> I'm saying this is that I'm trying yeah, to. I'm trying. To, We're just letting them go. We're just I'm, letting them go. I'm saying that I'm trying to represent it us in a professional manner. Okay? You do it very well. Thank you. You do very well. You're, yeah. you're very. Uh, you. You're very good. Thank you. Uh, I'm saying, like just, my mum, my mum and stuff, and Joe is always texting me, being like, "Brian's great on the telly or whatever." Do you know why? Because I'm trying to represent us in a professional way, okay? Yeah, but you're very good. You're very good at what you do. So what are you giving me grade for? Jesus, because I just think it's funny. Sorry, Dave. Like, I know I was shouting right there. I'm just, sorry I about just, that. I just think it's really funny. Should, okay, look, send some emails in. Should we stop bullying Brian? <laughs> like, I mean, it is amusing. It is amusing. Fine. Because he can take it. He can take it. I mean, he loses the plot and stuff, but he can take it. And it makes for him, this will probably be on a clip. This is our angle, do you know know what I mean? Because I think, you know, some podcasts... 40 minutes of me trying to piss me off. Well, I mean, to a certain degree, you know. I wonder if we should have a timer. You know what it should be like? You know that MTV show, what do you call it? Um, Boiling points. (laughs) That's what every week is with Brian Lloyd. To the two people listening, that's it for this week's show. there we go. Thanks for hanging tough to the end and we'll see you next week. How could you? She can't be dead. Misery Chastain cannot be dead. Annie, in 1871, women often died in childbirth. But her spirit is the important thing, and Misery's spirit is still alive. I don't want her spirit! I want her! And you murdered her! No, I didn't. Who did? No one. She... She died. She just slipped away. Slipped away? Slipped away? She didn't just slip away. You did it. 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 You murdered my misery. Annie. Annie.